Hello listeners, this week we are talking about the joys of the lower leagues, how to complete your Panini sticker collection, Royal Blood's management credentials, all things Warsaw and the Saddlers, including why their Frisian pals make you move. Welcome to Fantasy Football Hangover. We're in season two. This is episode fifteen. Yeah, and I'm joined by Will again. Hello, Hello Will. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, good. Yeah, and we have a very special guest this week. We have a director of documentaries and music videos, a passionate Saddlers fan, and veteran of extreme festivals. Uh, in music, he's worked with some amazing artists, uh, Muse. Uh, Jay Appleby, the biggest Foo Fighters fan in the world, uh, Royal Blood, Stereophonics, many more, and uh, in football he's captured the glory of the FA Cup, the agony and ecstasy of football managers, and tracked down every Panini sticker from France 98. He's also met football's scariest mascots. Um, Edinburgh TV Festival picks him out as one to watch in 2017. He's got beautiful hair and excellent taste in shirts. Please welcome the very talented Tantalising, oh, potentially. So well. I'll take so uh, well. Mr. Ben Lowe, anyway. Ben, oh, welcome. Boys. It's an honour. I'm so I'm literally a, a year late. A year late yeah, to one show. <laughs> yeah. So thanks so much for um, just inviting me back. And yeah, it's, no worries. It's a pleasure. So it's actually pretty much a year to the day. Ben was going to come on our Christmas special last season, yeah. and he got caught on a, a, a terrible edit and, and couldn't make it. But he did send round a crate of beers yeah. and Addison Lee's Axie, which was a lovely thought. That's probably best because you live in like a trendy part of London, right? Once did. It's not very trendy, but yeah. Well, it, uh, it's Chris, a Chris So I think there's bound to be like breweries and hipster places where I'd be able to get you, you know, some beers of the week. Found a place that we're like, yeah, I've got it, but we won't deliver. So then had to order an Uber to the place <laughs> to then deliver it to you guys in the, you know, where I think we were home, right? For that yeah. And it was a bit of a mission, but it was like, this is the absolute least I could have contributed yeah I had to go and track down Uber drivers to collect them <laughs> yeah. it was very confusing because I think we'd already had a few beers as well I think, we yeah. had, I think I'd already yeah. created enough problems for you that evening anyway <laughs> and you had to go outside and flag down a, an Uber driver but it was a sort of a similar case today because um, I was going to visit a place on Holloway Road which I've been eyeing up for a while which is I think an indie beer place right. this bar and then a shoot today over around like story of my life and I <laughs> ended up going old school Hence ah, the, exciting. you know, you'll probably hear it when they get revealed. Yeah. They've come in a, a black. A black oh, thing, yeah. Bag. Brilliant. Proper. Brilliant. On that nostalgia tip, I was, um, there was a few, there's been a few managerial changes in the Premier League recently. And uh, I, I noticed that this is a, the first point I can recall where a lot of the players I remember watching as a teenager are now managers. So obviously Freddie Jumberg at Arsenal and... Um, Hayden Mullins, uh, if you remember him, Palace yeah, fans. Yeah. Sadly, Rob's not here this week. I should point out for the for the listeners. It's Ben, not Rob. Uh, Sorry, just taking taking charge of, of of Watford and Duncan Ferguson in charge of Everton. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Man United, like all these players. Yeah, I guess it's well, Lampard. Frank, Frankie Lampard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was thinking this either that if with all the great because I was a childhood Manchester United fan. There's no one in my family that's into football. So when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer got appointed at, at United. That's nostalgia. And yeah, I would love him to do well. But there's a part of me that thinks if he were to go, 
and say United turn to Pochettino, which I think would be a good move mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. If it doesn't work out with Oli, that would be the probably the best looking top six gaffers of all time. Oh yeah, Lampard, Lundberg, Mourinho, Guardiola, yeah. Klopp, amazing yeah. teeth. Yeah, yeah, that is that's like a really obs- like old boy band, but. Mm. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer not included in that, <laughs> that list Gollum. of yeah. handsome men uh, just outside Duncan Ferguson I was reading a bit about him today so because obviously last week we talked about uh, caretaker managers on the show and um, he is the interim manager as they now I don't like that they now seem to refer to people as yeah. interim managers I didn't realise that I mean, he's got he's got an interesting character Did you know he keeps pigeons he's a I, I races didn't, pigeons I, I didn't know that <laughs> when he was at Newcastle uh, he used to let his birds out in the morning from his his home and then before driving to training in a Ford Transit van <laughs> oh my god really with uh, uh, I don't know Ford Transit vans for people who don't work in trades are a bit <laughs> creepy it's yeah. mainly to preserve serial killers right well or maybe he keeps uh, burglars in there because <laughs> do you remember yeah. it, in like early noughties there were two incidents where burglars broke into his house and he he fought them off. Oh, oh my them. goodness! He held one of the burglars for like a few hours whilst waiting for the police, <laughs> and then they, and, and, and like assaulted him quite badly. Like he was of all the footballers of the in that era, I think him, Julian Dix. There's like a few footballers. It doesn't matter if like Julian Dix is away at St James's Park. You don't want to be knocking about their house because yeah. they're in yeah. and you got it wrong. You're in, You're in trouble. Honestly, so I, I, I'd, I'd love to know if there's been any, any more attempts because after those two, <laughs> I would have, I would not on the uh, yeah the underground uh, Liverpool yeah. burglary circuit. Because there's black mark. that amazing moment, isn't there, that when Jimmy Bullard was at Wigan when he was just starting to become a fan's favourite yeah. across the country. I think Big Dunk had elbowed or headbutted or punched or something like a Wigan player literally just hit the deck. And Jimmy Bullard looks up at him and he's the most terrified because there's about a foot of height yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah. He just went, <laughs> which I can't really, I can't visual, I can't all yes, that visual po- podcast media. I recommend yeah. looking it up because yeah. it's still funny, as as funny as it was then. Well, the other, the final thing I'll say about Malcolm Ferguson, I got I got quite deep on him today because I was finding it really interesting. So, did you know that there is a twelve piece, um, twelve minute? Uh, musical piece that was composed by Finnish composer Osmo Tapio Rahaila, um, which is called Barlini Nine, and it is inspired by Duncan Ferguson. <laughs> really? So yeah, I, we'll we'll post. It, I'm not going to play it all. It's 12 <laughs> yeah, minutes, but we'll post it on socials. But um, I'm intrigued to hear the, it. The uh, the guy the guy the composer Osmo said, "I got the idea for it when he was facing jail and just become something of a cult figure for uh, for Everton. It takes into account the contradictions in him." He has an aggressive side, but there is a lyrical undertone to him, as is, as, as is the fact that he keeps pigeons. When I started composing seriously about 20 years ago, I realised that people take inspiration from all kinds of sources, and I just let Everton play a part in my compositions. More than anything, though, Duncan has been one of the great underachievers of his generation. Wow. <laughs> I, I never saw that poetry in Duncan Ferguson before. Amazing. But, I mean, all lovely, and then he's a great underachiever. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, um, like, I've got an Everton mate of mine, and he's, a, he's their biggest hero. He's Big Dunk. I don't yeah. think they've had a player that they had a bigger affinity with right so he's Duncan actually they call him so <laughs> yeah. and he, he didn't make the mistake Freddie Jumberg uh, according to Paul Scholes Paul made by not wearing a suit 
Big Dunk wore his suit in the um, yeah. the weekend, but with a Epson sweatband, I noticed. Yes, which is quite nice. Yes. <laughs> Just keeping that connection. Always. Uh, so Ben, we've got a few things coming up on the show. We're going to do our um, look at our tips. We've got a few questions for you, five aside. Uh, we'll hear from some of the listeners with a bit of correspondence. Uh, we'll have a little catch up on where we are with our toddler captain tips, and then have a little look forward to game week seventeen, which is coming up. It's a big one. So we should probably get straight into our tips. Cool, I'll kick us off. So I've gone for Marcus Rashford at home to Everton. He has been involved in 10 goals in eight game weeks. Uh, high ownership at 22.2%, but there's a reason for that, obviously. Uh, next up, Jack Grealish. First time I've ever tipped him, 6 million. Good fixtures coming up, 6.6% ownership. Ben, take it away. It has to be Jamie Vardy. Yeah. He's yeah. on fire, your defence is terrified. It doesn't matter how much it costs. Doesn't matter how many people have got him, get him in your team yeah. and you'll be having a party. And also, he's probably not ready to come back, but I think Laporte at Man City, oh, okay. just getting match fit, getting back in the back four, and we can, Man City hopefully will turn around their season. Okay, Rich. I'm not sure it's ever happened before, but I picked the exact same two as well. <laughs> uh, Mark Rashford, I had us like, uh, five goals, two assists last five games, and Jack Grealish hit four, getting chances, two goals in the last three. We're so in sync. Here we are. Mad. That's bizarre, yeah. isn't it? It's, maybe it's Rob's malign influence not being on the show anymore. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Rob's not. Rob's again absent. Yeah, he's, 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 I don't know if he actually presents on the show anymore. He did. Who's the other guy? Oh, he's that one. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. We've got Ben now. Well, so, tiny eyes. What yeah. did you make of my tips though? Because I wasn't, wasn't sure on the value. Well, I mean, I would obviously Jamie Vardy is always yeah. excellent. A, a great tip. Because I'm not, if he were to, when is Laporte? When is Laporte back? Well, that's the thing I was going to ask you guys. Right. But I thought that's a big question. If he comes back, gets used to playing a few games, right? Or yeah. the other way is, it, would you lose points as well if Man City are doing badly? So if Man City concede, you'd lose points, right? Yeah, you if just you, don't get a clean sheet. Like you get bonus points for getting clean, uh, keeping a clean sheet in defence. So they've not been doing that very regularly recently. No, yeah. but that's, so that's my probably coincided with his injury. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So we should say on a fantasy football level, this is Ben's first season in fantasy football, it's my, and pop my cherry. it's going yeah. going really well so far, right? <laughs> well, I'm not bottom. Yeah, I'm yeah. in a relegation scrap, which mirrors uh, the team I support. So there's not many of us in the world, but when I was old enough to realise that you need to have an affinity with a place that has significance to you. So my grandma lived in Warsaw, where my dentist was, which was um, the only place in the world which a dentist is in exactly the same shop as a as a sweet shop so they only sold sweets <laughs> downstairs and above is the dentist which I think is the most Send genius, <laughs> genius business move ever so um, I started going to Warsaw when I was 12 and then became absolutely hooked like yeah. it's, it's, I would not swap being a Warsaw fan for any team in the world just mm. genuinely it's just like so unpredictable never boring but this season in particular we've been basement bottom of league 2 which is the lowest we've ever been wow, in, so in my lifetime looking like might drop out of the football league. It's uh, yeah, it looks really bad. Wow. We, we we completely overturned our squad this summer. So right. we got, I think we've only got two players from that season. So wow. it's a completely brand new team, uh, good manager, but it's just been a bit of a nightmare. So I've not tried to reflect that, but it feels like the parallels are there yeah, to be seen. Um, and I've approached it in a way that because you've got to think of preserving fitness and. <laughs> 
you know, I, I'm thinking I'm going to have a strong second half of the season. Yeah, I'm hoping directly. because the January transfer window opens soon, right? I can start switching my players. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works, right? I mean, you, you, yeah, you can you, you can make changes anytime <laughs> you want, Ben. What? Make transfer any week, <laughs> <laughs> and you probably shouldn't have Troy Deeney as your captain. So your yeah. captain scores well, this is, double this, points for you. But Troy, I guess I should say, well, we signed, as in Warsaw signed Troy Deeney off a building site. Oh, really? So you when know. he was eighteen, so he's somebody that I've got this big affinity with, and maybe I'm just my eyes are like every time I see him mm. score. Has he not been playing this season? No, not really. But no. he did. He did play at the weekends. Now yeah. they've, they've changed manager. He was back in the starting eleven. So maybe maybe this is the renaissance. Yeah. Well, I've just I just want in a, in a time where. Football is so brutal, yeah. and there's no loyalty to managers, and you know. So I figured you just want some consistency. Yeah, yeah. You know, just to show consistently that consistently terrible. I mean, the thing. The, I'll be honest. Like, I'm not surprised. I'm having a bit of a mare so far. But the thing that's really amazed me is that at the moment there's people. There's two people below me. Yeah, but they. I mean, they've been making a lot of transfers. And is that that's why? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've talked about Pozzo boys on the show we before. Have. He's he's lower than you in the in the league, and he's three D boys. Uh, yeah, very bad at making transfers. And can yes. you get three hundred forty points of hits so far this season? Wow, which is more than some teams have scored. Maybe yeah. more than your team scored potentially. Yeah, goodness me. And can you get relegated out of a private league? No, no. We're not no, having any relegations saying. in our. In our <laughs> if you want to join the league and see if you can beat Ben, then yeah. uh, CC now eight is the code. Sign up. Yeah, so Ben, we've a got fun. a few uh, we've got a few questions for you in a little uh, feature we call Five Aside, where Will and I have both written five questions each, one in a beautiful handwriting and one in a nice typeface from a computer. <laughs> you can guess which is which, but um, there's a bag of questions there. So yep. if you want to just pick out, uh, yeah, pick out a couple and read the <clears throat> question. Because this sort of feels like the nearest thing to a. Uh picking out a ball in the FA Cup oh right. yes yeah. so I'll swirl them around yeah. make actually, sure they're all in there yeah, hold it up to the camera <laughs> I warmed a few of the questions earlier so okay <laughs> excellent so to gravitate to ball number 12 Colchester United <laughs> do you have a favourite beer and snack pairing during a game oh that is a good question well to be completely brutally honest the thing I was most nervous about we're coming on to this show was we would be drinking beer yeah because I'm not a particularly good lager drinker I'm not particularly good any drinker but I enjoy wine and cider and other other things that are available but when it comes to lager I'm I really struggle mm. really struggle so I say favorite beer of the game would have to be probably what's in front of us in yeah. the likely scenario that it's being served in the lower leagues but you never know so yeah Ben has kindly brought us a <laughs> corner shop uh, beer Desperados which you've probably, probably heard of it's uh, tequila flavoured beer yeah I, I just said it tastes quite a bit like a lager tops yeah and I think that's probably the only reason why I love it mm. so we're limeless but doesn't matter right doesn't yeah, matter fine. no and it's also in the extra large bottle as well <laughs> yeah it's like a, what's this which is, which is bigger than our face yeah 650 <laughs> mil that's, yeah but uh, yeah there's a lot of nostalgia with a Desperado I think it's kind of probably one of those beers that's a rite of passage for most people yeah, of a certain so age it, it also contains glucose syrup sugar and acid <laughs> <laughs> just acid <laughs> so the normal ingredients are beer plus acid and sugar <laughs> and as awesome. for the I guess as for the snack and again it sounds like I'm on a promo trip for a team I support but probably the most amazing thing that we've given football 
uh, aside from Troy Deeney and Scott Dan, is we created the chicken bolty pie, which right. became ah, very nice. popular in football. Yeah. So I think it's probably because Birmingham and the neighbourhoods surrounding the Midlands have a, a big Asian community, and I think it was just one of these things where it's just like let's let's, let's go for it, mm. and it was just yeah selling. Yeah, selling in a big, a big way. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had one. <clears throat> have you not? I don't think so. Or maybe, I, maybe I don't know. I, I've only ever had one pie at a football match, and that was at your stag do in Exeter. Oh, what flavour was that? Maybe just chicken and leek or yeah. beef, just like a standard. That's a thing. Still lovely though. I think like a pie tastes better than in it ever at the football. But something about like at half time, you're mulling it all over, mm-hmm. and you've got a warm pie in your hand. You can feel the heat, or basically going into your face. Yeah, certainly yeah. on like Tuesday night when it's yeah. freezing and you're watching a terrible game, it, it definitely warms your soul. Yeah, love it. That it's over fun. prawn sandwiches. Yeah, and that's the thing about yeah when you get to the bigger stage, you just don't have that anymore. Sadly, well, you could be in the championship next season, right? So, (laughs) it's uh, certainly taking it. We're much closer to the relegation zone than the top of the table. Yeah, we should we should say we're recording this on Monday night uh, of game week fifteen, fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, whilst uh, man, uh, whilst Arsenal are taking on West Ham, I'm just trying to find the score, but it's not started. Yeah, two minutes till kick off. About to kick off. Let's have another question, Ben. Let's do it. Sound of the balls <laughs> around. So, mm. what handwritten one? <laughs> well, <clears throat> what was the first football game that you went to? So, this is probably the luckiest um, childhood game to have gone to. I think the first proper game of football that I went to was. England versus Greece at Old Trafford. Oh wow! Oh, amazing. <laughs> the game where the David Beckham redeemed himself, sent us to the World Cup. It was absolutely un- oh, unreal. Wow! Yeah. On I think I was probably about eight years old, nine. Yeah. And we were really close to the England bands, and I can't remember if I think they've maybe, they've maybe been phased out. You know, the Sheffield Wednesday fans that they're still no, already they're still, still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were when I was at the England game the other week. They were there. Ah, right. Yeah. So they were in front of us, and what I found was unreal was that every time that England had a free kick or a corner, the drummer would build up tension. Which to me, <laughs> that's the last thing I want. If I've got, yeah, yeah, if I've yeah, got yeah. a free kick, knowing what's on the line, to build up that as Beckham went, I just it was. I mean, we've all seen that goal. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, it's just the whip on it. Yeah. Doesn't matter that the keeper was frozen. It was just. It's one, of those, it's one of those life memories that you would never, ever, ever, yeah. ever forget. So, And I was taken there by a fella who my mum was seeing at the time. Um, and To try and, win, to t- try and win you over. Yeah, which is amazing, really. Yeah. <laughs> and you've not he seen played it since. Pilot, no. So then you went to that match and then... Wow, you thank had you, that Dave. moment in yeah, time. the same yeah. fella in the same sort of few weeks he introduced me to Led Zeppelin. Oh, wow. <laughs> Gave me a cassette. And took me to England. Wow! Greece, first proper game. So of he's really influenced your life. When you Big time. Yeah. But he's a Wolves fan, so I never approved of him. Anymore. Right. Okay. <laughs> Anyone but Wolves. Separated on tribal loyalties. So that that game, I was uh, I was at a paintball party. I was probably about thirteen, fourteen, and a, a, a guy in my year at school, Sarhill Jane. Hi, Sarhill, if you're listening. Uh, he <laughs> had a paintball party at one of our local sort of fields. And uh, we were all gutted about the fact we were having to miss the match, but it was fine. But on the journey home from the paintball party, we were all sat in the car uh, and had it on the radio. 
and because we were definitely doing something illegal, which was there were about six of us in the back on the back seat, and I wow. was sat on someone's lap, <laughs> another kid's lap, and. Uh, when the goal went in we all like leapt up and I banged my head really hard on the roof of that car so my only recollection of that goal is having a really sore head <laughs> probably weren't alone in that I yeah, guess. yeah very that true very true was that during David Beckham's skinhead periods was it Shaveheads I think for that yes one? I think it was yeah, I think it yeah. was yeah God, it's incredible that you can think of a player if, yeah, an amazing footballer as well, but just you can define his yeah. career by hairstyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, was that Mohawk era? Was it Cornrows era? Yeah, yeah. Cornrows. <laughs> Neck tattoo era. <laughs> Curtains. Yeah, yeah. Hero. incredible guy. Yeah. Right, we have dip in. One? Let's do it. You've had two of Rich's so far, so let's see if we're going to have another one there. Oh, it is. Oh, it's oh, another Rich. Oh, it's a return do you want to pick another because it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, let's get one it's, of Will's in the thing is I don't know whether to <laughs> it's actually about pies as well oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. go on then go on then I have one more okay I'm gonna I'm gonna choose it. I'm, I'm gonna disqualify it because you've spelt Warsaw with two L's I know I, I actually <laughs> said that so when I was writing so I, there's nothing I can do it's in pen yeah it's quite I'm gonna keep that, that can I take that yeah, away yeah, as my souvenir yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Warsaw here we go this looks like a, a Will question out of the bands you've worked with, who would make the worst football manager and the best? Oof. Okay. So, I think probably <clears throat> the worst football manager would probably be Ben from Raw Blood, only because he has such a good time on tour that he'd probably have a mayor picking his team <laughs> the morning after. <laughs> And I think he's a sort of good time guy that if the team had got hammered four or five nil away from home, he would encourage the players to get over it with a with a night out and to uh, <laughs> and that's the way to deal with it. But he's he's a, a huge Brighton fan, and um, when I was lucky enough to film with them as we were making the second album, Ben was watching Match of the Day almost sort of you know religiously. Yeah. As, uh, so oh yeah, he's, it would have been their first. The first season, first season, so he was obsessed as he is about football anyway. Yeah. But I'd say he'd be brilliant. He'd be he'd be super popular with the players, but yeah. maybe not the greatest. Maybe um, not a strong arm. Yeah, Ben's, probably, a lo- Ben's a lovely chap. He would be yeah. very popular. But yeah, I know what Definitely. you mean. He would, I, yeah, he forgets to pick the team. Yeah, and then when it comes to the best, well, probably in terms of like the because phonics aren't particularly into football. I'd say that the bassist of Muse, Chris, is a mega Rotherham fan. So right. there's that kind of thing about supporting a lower league team. I don't know if it's just sympathy more than respect. <laughs> but when you meet another lower league football fan that you kind of can always connect on, maybe just so was the last time you saw Akin Fenra, the beast, yeah. play. Yeah. And, you know, how big were his shorts that day and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. But he he's definitely like well, well into his football. Right. And the only game that he saw, I think he told me last season, was when they got hammered 5-1 on the opening day. So oh, no. I, just, I, I just think that he's, he's also so tall as well and quite menacing. Mm-hmm. But he's a sort of manager that would command a lot of natural respect because yeah. when he walks into the dressing room at half-time, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone would be quiet. Yeah, and it's not, it's, of course it's not about that, but I think there's something about that. Pre- it was really interesting when uh, I'd made a doc earlier this year called The Gaffer and it was so fascinating to see the reaction of the players 
more interestingly, like pre-game before mm-hmm. the teams were announced, because you have to remember that so many footballers are between the ages of like eighteen to sort of early thirties, especially the younger lads. It's just fun, isn't it? Yeah. Being a footballer, yeah. and they're all excited and everything else. The manager will will come in, and they're wanting everyone to settle down and almost maybe like the old school PE teachers like everyone just goes completely silent and that just doesn't happen there's booming hip hop music and they have to basically pick one player out who's been the biggest dickhead in the room yeah. and say you you know you calm down and show some respect for the yeah. and then they get into their team talks and stuff it was it was amazing amazing to see that that's it's, it's I think unless you walk into a dressing room as Mourinho or Wenger mm. at his height or I'm sure Sir Alex Ferguson commanded that respect yeah. you know it's, it's mad isn't it like you see players you see managers like Pochettino who was probably loved couldn't be loved anymore in the summer Champions League final yeah. era and then a few months later something's gone wrong unfortunately yeah. but he'll be back well it's funny isn't it I guess that sort of age is like it's a kind of like a classroom environment in, in many ways isn't it you walk yeah. into a rowdy English class so what were the managers you um you filmed during the gaffer doc so it was a sort of uh, quite a long project for BT Sport they allowed me to spend time with five National League managers Mm. so I wanted to pick five that had very different experiences and were different ages different um, personalities so they were the managers at Maidstone who were struggling at the bottom of the table a little bit like my fantasy team Uh, (laughs) Bromley Harrogate Eastley and Hartlepool so I also wanted to go all over the country yeah. as well and, and yeah. find out but they were just a real good mix so there was Craig Hignett who uh, sadly is no longer at Hartlepool so he had the chop a few I months after Craig filming Hignett with him but he was Craig at Blackburn and yeah does he have play at Everton Middlesbrough he was a good player like a, so he played like in the FA Cup final and yeah. yeah he was sort of one of those players that was like I wish I'd have got an England cap because yeah. I was flirting with being named in the squad when mm. I was at my peak etc so there was him so I thought he was interesting because he would be training and coaching players that are unlikely to ever reach the level that he is so yeah. he's having yeah. to motivate them even though they will never be as good yeah, as even though he, he was knows and he showed that in enough. training just as they were practicing penalties he did one penalty top bin yeah. walked away like it was the easiest thing in the world <laughs> and then there's another manager who's chairman the, the chairman was his dad which is enough quite incredible relationship that mm. his father could sack him did he? A huge yeah. but did he sack him no he's still oh, there right. he's still there and then there's like Bromley managers born in Bromley so there's all these different sort of stories that I hope make it interesting for people that don't watch football. the Bromley manager was brilliant he, what? N- Neil Smith which is smudged smudge, yeah, smudge but he That's is it, yeah. hilarious yeah. if you ever if you ever want to get um, a manager on they were all so good for the doc but so you could hear his laugh from miles away <laughs> and he just lived and breathed Bromley because he was born in the town went to school in the, in the town so for him it's way more than managing the club he's like managing his community and he's an unbelievable unbelievably yeah. kind guy so I went to Bromley versus Harrogate earlier in the season and they drew 3-3 so it was an absolute thriller of a game yeah. and we were coming head to head during the game and I was just like it was like t- seeing I guess if you're a parent seeing two of your kids fighting he's just like this is horrible <laughs> this is awful and then after the game because at that level it was not unusual for the manager to go into the bar and I was just stood having a chat with both of them drinking a beer and it's just like this is magic so yeah. Um, they were, yeah they were all unbelievably kind to me and hopefully it's it's interesting for 
for any level of football fan to watch. It is. It's, it's, it's a great. It's a great doc. It's well worth checking. Out. Is it still on BT Sport? Say, it's yeah. on the app, and I think it probably gets repeated quite randomly around the games that they have because they they do the National League coverage. Yeah. It's called the Gaffer, and um, there's loads of swearing in it as it gets to the. Um, Match day. Yes. If you're a fan of fruity language, yeah. <laughs> it is it's a fantastic talk. Well worth checking out. Another question? question? Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. Oh, my, <laughs> my oh, no. Okay, here we go. Warsaw in the Premier League or England win the World Cup? Well, I'd, I'd have to say because um, one of my best friends is a Bournemouth fan, so in our friendship, we met about 10 years ago when we were both struggling at the wrong end of the Football League. And Bournemouth have gone ahead and had the most unreal yeah. fairy tale climb up to the Premier League. And not only that, they've now established themselves high up um, in the top flight. So I know from his experience that while the first time they played in Liverpool and the first time that they're at the Emirates at Arsenal, it's like the best experience ever after a little while it kind of drains away to the point where they sort of they seem to be talking about you know the fact that Warsaw are away at Morecambe this weekend is a little yeah. bit more exciting than them being away at, you know which is crazy so yeah. so as, as mad as it sounds and I thought this when we got really got it because it is heartbreaking I've been on planes and logging you know paying stupid money for Wi-Fi just to refresh the score and the text updates like perfect stuff like that but I don't think I would want to see a club that are so brilliantly unsexy in the in the best kind of way. It's too it's glamorous. Like, for yeah, me. I think that's the magic for me. I think I'd be it would be it, the best case scenario would be for Warsaw to go on a mad cup run. Yeah. And to just get drawn away at Spurs and even just go one nil up like yeah. on the telly. That'd be like the ultimate. So fresh off the back of um England doing so well in the last World Cup and the fact that England are set to uh, in my heart maybe not in my head but in my heart they're going to win the Euros you reckon the way that it's coming back come, football's literally Football coming, coming <laughs> from Baku <laughs> to Wembley yeah <laughs> and the last thing I'd say actually is that the first football I ever met was Gareth Southgate uh, and right. he was oh, unbelievably nice oh, and I wow. think that you would be nice to a I was probably even younger than when I went to the England game I was a seven year old but the fact that he was Villa captain at the time and he bent down to chat to me and my best friend growing up Joe and he'd like ask us who we played like he just made a real in the minute that we met him and he's we got our autograph because back then that was that was yeah, the thing you don't that get was and stuff. Yeah. Um, he was just such an unbelievably like inspiring like awesome guy so if he can I mean I think he's had his redemption with the shootout winner of Colombia but for him to like reach the finals of the Euros and maybe maybe pinch ourselves to win it I just it just make the most unbelievable oh, prime minister. It would be great. <laughs> he would though. He, he, would. Would. he could stand up, and he's a former caretaker manager, as we discussed on the show. Yeah. Last week. So he's yeah, big love for Gareth Southgate. Yeah. So it would have to be England to. There we go. Up. There you go. Fantastic. Well, it's going to happen now. So well done. <laughs> so you heard it here first. What, and what was the pie question? As you pulled it out, I feel the like pie question was pucker pies are a sponsor. <laughs> Sorry, sponsor of Warsaw. Pocket pies are a sponsor of Warsaw FC. What's your favourite flavour? So how to be chicken bowl? Yeah, chicken bowl. Yeah, yeah, straight off the bat. But I'll, t- I'll tell you one little Warsaw thing because I was just chatting away to a friend today, and he's kind of the same as this Bournemouth mate of mine, Rich. And he just asks about little quirks and what's going on. 
and we were passing a motorway we were talking about the M6 because we're really close really close to the motorway when our one and only big stand opened at the top of the stand you could see onto the motorway and I think this probably says a lot about the quality of football that was played but when a Cajun uh, Frasian cow <laughs> Cajun cow <laughs> it might be a thing uh, Frasian cow lorries you know the, the milk company yeah. would go past on the motorway the fans would stand up and go moo <laughs> to the point where that must be so strange <laughs> visiting clubs to the point where the club had to release a statement to say can you please stop mooing because it's really? upsetting the players they think you're booing <laughs> so it's like that's amazing I just think yeah. it, it completely sums up the quality of football that said uh, that's been played at the best spot <laughs> and it also shows that you know you can't even have a bit of fun that's amazing. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure fans definitely responded. Promise you, it got national paper coverage at the time. That is so, that's so ridiculous. Good. Amazing. Yeah, I love that. But you're thinking that maybe next time you're driving on the M6, you're like, oh, what's that bizarre looking, non, you know, lower league grounds? And yeah, it is the Banks' <laughs> cool. stadium, but it's the best got. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's great. Get in touch on FF Hangover on Twitter. And on Fantasy Football Hangover on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Oh, Will, um, we should check our correspondence. Did you have anything in the Fantasy Football Hangover mailbag? Well, Jim Ranger alerted us to quite an interesting story, which I don't know if you saw. It was uh, the, world, the world's number one chess player, okay. um, whose name is Magnus Carlsen. He is... Uh, currently sitting at sixth place in overall in the world at fantasy football. No Whoa. way! Yeah, and he's sixth. the world's number one chess player. So he's been that he has been world number one in chess for the last decade. Oh wow! Like pretty good. I yeah. He is yes sixth in the sixth in the league, and obviously there's what over seven million people playing. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, so is that? So of course he is. Uh, he's Norwegian as they always are so Norway are famously good at fantasy football and in fact one of the universities <laughs> in Norway you can study fantasy <laughs> you football mean, no oh you can't God. really Generally you can um, but oh, so Norway my degree so what so I think last season eight yeah eight players from Norway were in the top 50 FPL players in the world wow considering the population of Norway yeah like their association with football it's, it's <laughs> remarkable that's like the New Zealand and rugby yeah just something in the water yeah right. it's amazing so uh, they there's no restrictions on what on TV there so you can watch all the games basically every mm-hmm. every football game is transmitted so that's what they say is like they love football love watching it but also love the stats that's awesome yeah but he, so he's he's put it down to luck that's his reasoning oh, I did actually reach out to him to see if he'd oh, uh, give, us, give us some <laughs> top tip but he's probably been inundated since the news came out so it so, must be that analytical brain, that kind of mathematical approach to it. It must be, yeah. So basically, I might oh, stop. Playing, I might stop playing chess to try and improve my <laughs> field. Okay. Yeah. Do they do online courses that Norwegian? Open university. Oh, you definitely. Because I did think something on the way here is that because mm. my first season in fantasy football has not been great so far. I don't want you thinking that I'm. I don't care because I do I don't want to finish bottom of the league and I want to improve 
But when I was like eight or nine and fancy football was becoming, I guess, more of a thing, yeah. I, I can't remember the admin side of it, but I remember me and my friend Jamie Griffiths would print out a list of players and their value. Yeah. In probably, <clears throat> probably back then was like three, three million and yeah. everything a bit more um, realistic. And we ended up posting to like a hundred houses in our neighbourhood would you like to play fantasy football? Here's a list of players. <laughs> Random houses, like just almost like doing a paper round. <laughs> We'd no idea on how to do the admin side of it. We must have, probably must have been nine or ten, like peak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I was obsessed with football, where football, you know, championship manager all weekend sort of, yeah. time, of time of my life. <laughs> and um, to this day, I can't, we, I, it never got set up. Right, but in Times New Roman font, from no one replied. Oh, well, I don't think we put. An, I don't think we put a home address on it. And why would <laughs> two ten-year-olds yeah. like? You know what I mean? Like, how, how, who would? How would two ten-year-olds just you know run the money side of it? Yeah, all? amazing. We definitely said, oh, it's two pound a team, and then I just, I just it's a nightmare. But I just wanted to know that back in the day, you know. Fantasy football was a was a big big thing for me, yeah, but it was, yeah. this was like pre digital. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like print them out, Times New Roman font, probably. Yeah. Or comic sans. I remember spending like weeks of the family summer holidays with my brother, just like scribbling down the names and the values and getting the calculator, yeah. adding it up, and be like, ah, it's like not by two million over. <laughs> How do I get Robert Perez into this team? Oh, um, it's just I've yeah, never been good at maths, so that might be part of the reason why. But um, yeah. Season season's still to play for, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. So I'm looking at his leagues, and he does seem to be in a league called the Grandmaster League. So I'm wondering if that is like full of chess, chess players. players. I don't know enough about chess, but uh, he's top of every single league, as you can imagine. Of course he is. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking at his game week history. His sorry, his history on the game. And two seasons ago, 2017-18, he finished 2,397th in the world. So he has history wow. for it, 24,000th last year. So yeah, very good. That's really impressive. Fair play. And then another thing um, that, I, it's not really correspondence, but it's something to, something to say is Adam Harrison uh, from Boxer Rebellion, who has been on the show, a good friend of mine, he recommended to me a podcast from the 30 and 30 series, which is 30 and 30, it's ESPN, have a podcast series called 30 and 30, which is just documentary podcasts on individual subjects around sports and he recommended to me an episode called El Condor which is about the former Chilean goalkeeper and captain uh, Roberto Rojas who is nicknamed El Condor because of his <laughs> giant wingspan um, and was a phenomenal goalkeeper and phenomenal captain um, I would thoroughly recommend it it's a really interesting listen I won't give too much away but it centres around their qualifying campaign for the uh, for Italia 90 where they were running neck and neck with Brazil for the whole qualifying campaign and had the opportunity to knock Brazil out of the World Cup and for the Massive. first time ever and Brazil yeah. had never lost a qualifying game ever at this point and it centres around that but also talks a lot about how corrupt South American sport was at that time there was I think an instance of where I think it was the Peruvian national side um, were going for a big uh, turning up to a big game and on the bus there all their players started falling asleep and feeling really drowsy and oh, it turned no. out their, their meal or their drink or whatever had been spiked with sleeping tablets by someone from the no. opposition so there's it's like really Tottenham interesting yeah yeah the lasagna they, yeah, yeah. The lasagna that's awesome so yeah very worth, worth listening uh, I will post it on the socials but 1330 El Condor that sounds, sounds good. ace it's good yeah. 
Anything for you, Rich? Uh, yeah, I saw from James Green, who sent in... Uh, he listened to the Chris Skull episode we recorded a couple of weeks ago, um, and he was very into the wrestling side of things. Oh, yes. Yeah. Chris, Chris mm-hmm. And he said, did we see that Rey Mysterio had sent a message via his social media to uh, Milenko Savage of Lazio and the club <laughs> to congratulate them on their 2-1 win against Sassuolo? <laughs> Is he a Lazio fan? I'm not really sure. He's like, hey, Sergio, Ray Mysterio here. I just want to congratulate you and Team Lazio for the great soccer you guys have been displaying in this Italian <laughs> championship. You're the sergeant on the field, so keep up that good work. Booyaka, 619. <laughs> Ray, Ray Mysterio. Mysterio. That's Brilliant. awesome. Yeah. Right. And then, then we had a tweet in that was just uh, saying... Um, Someone had just noticed Dan Byrne, the Brighton left back, at six foot seven, and have we ever seen a taller fullback in our experience? Oh yeah, six foot seven. I wonder. That's pretty much yeah. Because I'm obviously Brighton beat Arsenal uh, last Thursday, which was unpleasant. But Dan Byrne did really stick out. Six foot seven, playing left back, bonkers. Yeah. And but I, I can't think of a. Is he an attacking wing back like a, a modern left back? I think because he's a. He... Se- I think he's a centre back who's been shoveled into left back. Because they've got injuries, wow. but I mean he's quite good actually. Yeah, interesting. Because most yeah, wingers as well are not the tallest yeah, the yeah. players. Yeah. So it's like I don't know if that says a lot about most teams must be happy to play on the floor and stuff. Because you'd never like Sterling playing against him would have a nightmare if yeah. City weren't yeah, such yeah. a brilliant attacking team. <laughs> you know, if they played town analyzed football, they'd be in big trouble. I'll check him out. I'll yeah, see. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we can find out if there has been a taller fullback. Yeah, that was all. That was all I had this week. Very good. Was that the episode with Chris Skull that you talked about, Billy Sharp and Mick Foley coming over last season? That was a di- that was a different that was a episode. Different episode. Yeah. yeah, we've had, had a bit of wrestling chat. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it crops up, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, a fair bit. Um, I think because we quite like wrestling. Yeah, no bad thing. No I've been really going deep. Yeah, we won't we won't do Dreamtime this week, but we can just talk <laughs> about it now. Um, so I. Uh, very quickly I have a lot of time in the mornings whilst my wife is asleep and I can do whatever I want with and it's called dream time Uh, she likes lying and (laughs) I got my three month subscription to the WWE network and I've gone deep so I've now basically I decided to start at Survivor Series 1993 and do every pay-per-view in order from there and that's what like like four or five a year I mean, at that point, I think they were pretty. The, the core was like five, four, four, yeah. And so there's good two, three hour. So Survivor days. Series is always Thanksgiving, and then you've got uh, Royal Rumble in January, then WrestleMania, then King of the Ring, and so that's how oh far I've got. I'm at King of the Ring '94, which <laughs> Owen Hart just won, and at this point, he's full on feud with Brett. Uh, it's very sad. Uh, yeah. Very sad. The brothers, well, brothers yeah, feuding. Yeah. And I've also now been uh, listening to um, uh, the podcast that Chris Skull recommended, uh, the Brian Pritchard podcast, oh, yes. Something to Wrestle With, uh, which is very good. They go proper in depth. Like some of the episodes I've been looking into are like three hours long. Wow. <laughs> They're just talking about. And like some of them are literally just titled like The Undertaker, 1993 to 1994. And it's like four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> it's really. So I'm just listening to the Montreal Screwjob episode at the moment, which is Brilliant. where Bret Hart was uh, screwed out of the title when he was um, leaving, sure to, leaving to go to the WCW. 
he thought he was going to win his final times, match. Yeah. yeah. And, so yeah, also um, recommended by of that. <laughs> yeah, worth, so check it out. It's it. an excellent podcast. For my captain this week. Yeah. Yeah. Cheese. Yeah. For my captain this week. have a little recap of our toddler captain tips so for those who don't know this is where we pick young people and ask them to choose a captain for the week we had uh, one episode that lasted two game weeks last episode so for game week 15 we had six-year-old Lockie who picked uh, Aubameyang above Son uh, that was a draw again so yeah two points each so this is unprecedented last season I don't think we had a single draw this is draw number four Madness. already bonkers and then in game for ahead of game week 16 we had uh, an inexorably long oh, it was uh, toddler captain tip yeah. from what was the guy the Welsh guy's name Daffid Daffid picked Vincent uh, who chose Jamie Vardy above Sadio Mane Mane was rested Vardy banged home goals uh, 13 points to zero toddler win which means <laughs> Currently, the children are 11-8 to the good. Wow. Which proves there is no logic to fantasy football. But we have Henry this week. Yes, the return of my nephew. He's done this twice before with limited success in the fact that he is very shy. Mm. He doesn't like it. He's just not a performing monkey. Yeah, as, as not that he would say that because I doubt he knows that phrase, but um, <laughs> uh, as people say. And... Um, so I think the first time I asked him, he just was sort of basically was like, no, no, I don't want to say anything. And I think we ended up having to toss a coin. And then the second time he was a little bit more willing. So let's see how he gets on this time. Right, ready? Yes, go. Right. Um, Uncle Will wants to know who to make his captain in fantasy football. Jamie Vardy or Deli Alley? <laughs> that is brilliant love it that is renewed enthusiasm uh, from Henry no messing so it's a bold claim as well yeah. both, both players bang in form I love it um, yeah who knew I, when there was the pause I was like oh no he's not going to say anything yeah here he's, we go he comes in comes in with it he's walked away yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's fantastic so thank you very much Henry for that prediction we'll see how he how he gets on um, we should have a little look ahead to the next set of game week fixtures. Yeah, the is, big the big talking point for fantasy football is the fact that next week, not this game week, but next week, so week eighteen, Liverpool won't be playing because they have their uh, World Club Cup oh, obligations. Yeah. So there is a blank week for Liverpool and for West Ham for anyone that has any West Ham players. Um, so definitely. It's an effervescent beer. <laughs> Apologies, uh, but yeah, definitely get prepping for that. Uh, what would you do, Rich? I mean, I guess if you've got, I mean, don't get rid of any Liverpool players, uh, but just strengthen your bench. I guess just have good backups because if lots of people have tripled up on Liverpool, 
Yeah. I've got two. I've got two Liverpool players. I've got two as well, but I don't want to sell them. No, no selling. But I, so what I've done, I have actually sort of strengthened my bench because I had a couple of injuries. So, mm-hmm. and I had a couple of. I've got a couple of free transfers, so I'm going to strengthen the bench. And is just it? Is work it just the one game it. week? Yeah, that they're out for. Yeah. yeah. So for that, you can you can probably cope just by rotating. Yeah. Can't you? I would be mad to sell, or if you or use your free hit, you could use yeah. your free hit. But I'd like to say that. Ben, do you know about free hit? Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> so the, free, the free hit token, you get chips every every season, and the yeah. free hit came in a few seasons ago, and that is you can change your team for one week only. So you just can pick a completely different team for wow. one week only. So yeah. Um, so it's quite a good thing to play when there are these blank game weeks or double game weeks. So that's where teams play twice in a week yeah. or they don't play in a week. Um, so yeah, worth worth considering to yes, spice yeah, up definitely. your team. Well, I, I need to possibly need to reset my password. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a When I looked at the league table earlier, I was like, oh, full Paul Kitts Bankers. <laughs> there I am. There you are. Yeah, that's are. my team name. Yeah, that's your team name. <laughs> Just to remind myself. But, you know, I'm going to come strong. Second half. Yeah, second half season. Looking at that obscure mid-table finish. Yeah. Fine. Get it in there. Yeah. Outside chance of Europe. And then the other thing I'm looking at for this week, so there's obviously the big match, I guess, is Arsenal-Man City. Liverpool-Watford would be good as well, firstly, firstly well, it's last. A, it's a funny one, given they're not playing next week, so tripping up is difficult. Well, if you, you wouldn't necessarily bring Liverpool players in no. ahead of them not playing but, next week. But, but maybe but, Captain Mane after he didn't play. Yeah, he's had a rest, hasn't yeah. he? Also, Liverpool are making loads of changes, aren't they, at the moment? Because obviously Klopp is thinking about this Club World Cup yeah. thing. And then they've got the League Cup as well, so there's, yeah. there's a big fixture of clashes aren't they playing two games in the space of 48 hours or something mad something crazy like that yeah, yeah. so they might just play two completely different sides but they're going to prioritise the Premier League aren't they oh, yeah, the they, yeah, yeah. Starts again. So yeah. I think if you've got Salah and, and Mane they'll yeah Although they are I've heard they're doing it the other way around mate of mine said, said they're going to keep the kids in the Prem because the fixtures are quite nice and they're sending the I mean they team. are 14 points clear of City yeah. so they're, suppo- yeah. they're supposed to be sending the, the biggies to to the World Cup the, the tournament to Qatar yeah. which will be interesting for the see what they start for the World Cup yeah in a couple of years time yeah well I guess it um, pulls in the, the the crowds as well doesn't it so it's good financially yeah if they've got Salah and Mane out there but they're yeah, so good at the moment they probably win Oh yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. And then Spurs away at Wolves because I'm sort of now the new Spurs. I'm I'm even thinking about Aurier. Oh really? Well, I know it's a bit madness, but he's he is quite cheap. He does. They had their first clean sheet in two months at the weekend. Oh, was it really? Yeah. He's the kind of player I think Mourinho loves, like a bit of a spiky, unpleasant competitor. Who's slightly erratic, but he feels he can form. Yeah, and guys, I think that I think that's I think it'll be a tough game against Wolves. Though, so I'm just going to keep an eye on that match. Yeah, Wolves are at home, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Southampton home to West Ham. Danny Ings scoring again. Do we think? Uh, yeah, he's fixture proof. <laughs> yes, of course. He's the new fixture proof. <laughs> he's the new fixture proof. Callum Wilson, no more. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm dying on that hill. And, spe- and speaking of which, Chelsea at Bournemouth, quite nice. That Bournemouth got a lot of injuries, so it could be we need a bit of Pulisic and Abraham action because they've been a little bit quiet in they recent have. weeks. 
since bringing in Pulisic for four weeks, he's totaled eight points for yeah. me, and I think he's out for me. It's the fire. It's the final week. That that fixture is too plumb to transfer him out. But if he doesn't score against or do something against Bournemouth, I think I might cash in. And then we've mm. got to talk about Leicester Norwich. I've uh, I've been tripled yes. up on Leicester for quite a while, and this Same. will be a crucial one again because I just feel like they might. Dick all over Norwich. Sorry <laughs> to use that phrase. They are utterly irresistible at the moment, Leicester. Sexy football. I know, and they shifted things around quite a lot against Villa. Yeah, and, I had Perez still, in my team, and still he didn't even get off the bench. So. What do you reckon Brendan Rodgers' new contract is going to be? Because he signed it to he signed 20, it to twenty 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 five, and then he's played. I thought he played a little bit of a clever game coming out and sort of hinting well I don't really ha- I have this release clause yeah yeah he's he's not messing about Brendan Rodgers he's not is he and I, I feel like he is quite fickle well um, the way he, he left move. Celtic is still strange to me yeah because yeah. he was about to win the treble. treble treble yeah for like coming in for the end of the season when there was nothing no, no danger of going down no, nothing to play for really for Leicester it's interesting but fair play to him because you know, lots of sacked Liverpool managers don't really come back. Yeah. Oh, totally. You know. Yeah. yeah. He's he's ambitious, isn't he? Yeah. Very ambitious. Well, he knows what it's like to come second in the league, so <laughs> <laughs> might might well happen again. I think, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think it's potentially on the cards. Um, Ben. Thank yeah. you So much for joining us. Ah, it's I been. It's been a pleasure. I'm sorry for all the Warsaw um, mentions. No, it's good. It's great. I know we, we really But you know what? It. It's one of these things where next time Jeff Stelling is going through his his scores and it'll be, you know, oh, it's 2-0 down at the best cut after 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> then you'll think of like, oh, who's that sort of brummy guy that wasn't very good at fantasy football <laughs> that appeared on the, on the Hangover podcast? It's, it is true, actually, because I really keep an eye on Southend now after Piers from oh, Boxer Rebellion on. came on. He yeah. was talking so much about Southend. It's I've a great away day, Southend. They They've got a theme They are park. really struggling. Solid fish and yeah. chips. Yeah. Yeah. There's a possibility that they, I mean, they, they might finish like as the worst team of all time. All time. Yeah. <laughs> at the moment. They're looking really bad. And that's uh, under Sol Campbell's stewardship. Yeah, I don't think it's his fault. No, I think he's, yeah, he's mad. Up club. But we've been talking actually for a while on the podcast, which we've not managed to get together yet, about doing a, a lower league uh, triple triple day, like visiting a few clubs. Yeah, well, so. honestly, if, if you, like any of the, the clubs that were in the gaffer, would oh, yeah. welcome you yeah. yeah. guys in. Yeah, or, or the, yeah. all those managers are like. There's so much fun to be had in the lower league, and that's not—I don't mean that in a patronising way, but yeah. you, know, you know, from going to Orient, yeah, and stuff, and, it, yeah. So it's you know, it's great, and all, yeah, it's just a different experience. I've been down to um, Corinthian Casuals and Kingston in the share yeah. ground now, and it's just like the clubhouse is just a, such an alien concept yeah. to to the to the higher leagues, but it's such a nice atmosphere. Like, a friend of mine, Matthew, is a season ticket holder at Haringey. Oh, Haringey, well. yeah, Haringey. yeah. And he was telling me that once you buy a ticket for a, a league match, you then get a season ticket for free. <laughs> really? What <laughs> matches? So unless it's like an FA Vars trophy or some sort of third round to qualify for the FA Cup or something that's like you need to pay for a cup game. That's amazing. Yeah. And he said it's, yeah, he loves it. And wow. he, 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 felt, he, was a, he was a Sunderland fan. He fell out of love with football a little bit and then he rediscovered it through... 
the lower leagues. But then, but then I live outside the Emirates. So yeah, really, yeah. I'm still <laughs> hankering to get involved. It all depends who they bring in. It's the next manager. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, it, if it's not, someone I'm into, then if they bring I'll, in Neil Smudge Smith, then maybe <laughs> he would do a damn fine job. And there's a few tickets yeah. kicking about at the moment. It's, but, uh, it's currently one nil to Arsenal. Uh, sorry, oh, yeah. to, to West Ham. You tease, William. Ogbonna on 38 uh, minutes. It's um, awful. Huge surprise. Four, that, four now's a time I mentioned the game. I went to that three three. Bromley, Harry, and I should add that Harrogate were 3-0 up at half time this is a proper like, amazing game of football to wow. go and see and um, the first thing that Smudge wanted to tell me in the bar afterwards says you see the DJ you see the DJ in the corner playing a set youth team manager youth team manager <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah he's uh, well the his appearance and starring role in the doc speaks to itself yeah. I mean it just uh, just bleeds good guy That's yeah. Neil Smith at Bromley Oh, fantastic. We'll have to what's, do that. What's next for you, Ben? What are you working on at the moment? Uh, so, I spent years and years and years working on a stereophonics dock, which has had ups and downs and everything else. But it's just, you know, for any um, performer or band or something in history that's got so much archive, it just takes a long, long time to get to that stage. So, that's, um, that's finishing up. And then something about a comedian as well, which would be... Nice. I hope would be would be interesting to see, but... Just try to make fun, silly, feel good yeah. stuff. Like and the then sticker you, book show. And you make yeah, the sticker book show you did with Chris Stark was, oh, yeah. was fantastic. Was that for France ninety eight? Was it? It was um it was a little bit later than that actually. It was it was the World Cup two thousand six, which is most famous for Zidane's headbutt. Ah, that's of it. Yeah. France ninety eight is probably for me and Chris like our favourite World Cup because that'll be yes. our first. Yeah. But that idea was basically that we would look online and find a official sticker book that was incomplete but agonisingly close to being completed and that rather than scour around the internet to find the missing stickers that we would go and find these players in person Chris would take a photo of them not Chris with the missing player but a photograph of the player that he can print out and stick into his book so the missing players in um, in the book that we had were Frank Lampard Simone Perotta who's the closest that England have had to a World Cup winner because he was born in Manchester yes, but won the World Cup with Italy <laughs> um, two Trinidad and Tobago players um, that had a, an amazing career in Scotland and now uh, live in the life <laughs> up there which is which is great and then there was Ricardo who was the big villain yeah. uh, for England for a couple of years yeah. uh, in the shootouts and then yeah it was it was it was so much so much fun well and you got you got Alan Shearer to sing well, that was probably that was the magic thing. So that's how it already started. Yeah. Is that me and Chris were making a, a series called the world's most extreme festivals. We're coming to the mm. end of it, and because it was such a tiny, crazy turnaround of filming, because festivals are at the weekend, Chris is on the radio, radio one all week. So we've got such a limited amount of time. We haven't even got time to go for a, a beer mm. or have a, any sort of downtime. So our rap party, so to speak, would be on the plane. So we would have the most fun that we could have on a on a. Uh, plane back to London <clears throat> with what was available on the plane and uh, Chris just turned around and said like I've been I've kind of bizarrely become quite matey with Alan Shearer which to any football fan is just like wow yeah. that is unreal and and he said uh, yeah just don't, you know I'd like to it would be good to make something with him or, or do something with him one day and I said well you could you know this is a sticker book idea if we could find this sticker book maybe he could like 
get you know give us some tips or take us to the airport or something and that latter idea of Alan Shearer driving us to Heathrow actually happened <laughs> <laughs> and Shearer was um, was uh, I mean talk about a gentleman like he was absolutely he was brilliant that's great well, that's good. and I think you go into those situations nervous thinking wow he's about to crush all these memories of childhood and stuff if he was anything other yeah, than oh a good God, guy yeah. Yeah. and he was lovely and but. had a very knowledgeable you know he knew his <laughs> he, knew, he knew when he played at Warsaw what year of his career and all sorts wow. of stuff like that so he was great but the the star of that as as gentlemanly as incredible as Simone Perotta was is if you do watch it please watch until the end when Chris meets his nemesis Ricardo because that was a real yeah. genuine hatred and when <laughs> was we, it when we realised that he was one of the players that was missing it was like pretty nerve wracking because it was like this could be like really super awkward yeah but all that we knew was that he liked to play golf on a Saturday morning in Port, you know, um, this golf course in the Algarve. And we just flew out there. And we chased him <laughs> around the golf course on the golf buggy. <laughs> With a few little hidden treats, we thought, let's, let's just bring a football just in case. Let's just bring a Portugal jacket. And then it's amazing how um, happy a retired footballer is to drink a glass of wine <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after golf. And talk. I mean, just an amazing guy, and he loved yeah, this he that came emoji really well, which is the sort of you know the surfer wave. Yeah, thing. surfer emoji. Yeah. And uh, usually, when Chris or me all together were drunk, we just send that to Ricardo, and he always sends on back. <laughs> Does he really? That's crazy. That completely yeah, abusive. But yeah, it was oh, just such an adventure to do that. Together. Is that still on the iPhone? Oh, we chased Zidane around Madrid as well. Yeah, yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, you got a photo of him getting onto the tour bus, or the not tour bus, <laughs> the player coach, didn't you? I mean, if that doesn't sum up how stupid the idea is, um, yeah, it's that. Yeah, we followed him, literally chased him around. <laughs> I'd like to say two young guys, but two grown men. Yeah, <laughs> which is a, it's, yeah, it was it was one of the best things I've ever been involved with. It was, That's brilliant. It, it, that Chris is such, such a legend. I loved it. Well, yeah, do, yeah. Do, do check it out. Is, is it still on iPlayer? I think so. Yeah. Or there's, Hopefully. Yeah. Or there's probably some illegal streams of it. I hope. Well, it'd be nice if there was, yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah. Uh, it's, um, yeah, it's called, it's called My World Cup Sticker Mission, and it's, yeah, it's Chris's attempt to find the missing players of that sticker book. Yeah. Brilliant. All right, and then Beer of the Week. Well, there's probably only one contender, isn't there? <laughs> Best Desperados. Best Desperados. Yeah. yeah. If I'm ever fortunate enough to come onto this brilliant podcast again I will I'll do my best to find the most hipster indie unpronounceable <laughs> beer on in the East London area or maybe maybe I can go down to Margate and I'll pick one up oh there you go that, right. is, that is a labour of love but it's um, in all seriousness um, I love this I'm not the biggest fantasy football player as probably in my league position proves but it's such an amazing listen oh, no, thank and, you Ben that's you know, really kind I'm speaking on behalf just of this a lot of episode <laughs> this episode <laughs> I'm sure people have stopped listening two ages ago but um, I love it so please oh. yeah that's very really kind it's been, a, it's been a real joy to have you on and thank you for, for, for coming here and sharing your experience and your stories with us always good to hang out and have a large desperado to yeah. as well <laughs> desperate for a week <laughs> desperate for a week well, on that note, yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, man. Thanks, boys. Thanks for listening. Cheers.